tested a four-day work week in Japan and productivity went up 40%. Kids in China were like, hey, can we try scaling it back to a six-and-a-half-day work week? <laughs> Maybe just to see what happens. I mean, why not just try it? If it doesn't work, we can go back to seven. I mean, oh, maybe add food, too. Throw that in. Well, dark, dark humor. Well, I tell you what, I saw this meme over the weekend. It was... It's uh, pronounced Mamey, Joe. It's French. It's pronounced shut up. Uh, it was nine pictures of children. It was a couple of child soldiers in Africa. It was six child slaves and or laborers around the world uh, struggling their way out of mines and in mud farms and uh, at, at looms and sewing machines, the rest of it. And the ninth picture was Greta Thunberg. And the caption was, only one of these children are shouting, you stole my childhood. I thought, oh, now putting aside the fact that she's a kid and has been propped up by adults and the rest of it, and we tend not to go after kids around her, um, the fact that the intelligentsia around the world are howling and, and cheering about her and not about you know all the terrible stuff that happens to kids all over the world, I think that's um, I think that's significant. Uh, impeachment uh, getting heavier this week. Wednesday televised hearings on the, what is it you like to call them? I know you're a nitpicker about this. They're not impeachment hearings. They're, they're just hearings. They're just hearings. Okay. But um, so we'll see if this moves the needle or not. And there'll be plenty of talk about this this week. So I'm not going to do that right now. My point is that they're leaping to impeachment to make it sexier and more exciting and more satisfying to the base, the Democratic base. I mean, the Watergate hearings were the Watergate hearings. So, yeah, but that's fine. I don't think it's going to amount to anything. So enjoy yourselves, Nancy, Adam. This is going to amount to a lot. Tomorrow, Disney launches their streaming service. And as one Hollywood mogul said it, the next 18 months are going to be the most interesting in the history of the entertainment business. Now, that might be hyperbole on some level, but as the Wall Street Journal broke it down further and further... It is going to cause a whole bunch of people, and they've got I've got some poll numbers to back that up, a whole bunch of people to change the way they've taken in media their whole lives. It's going to be a lot of cord cutting happening over the next 18 months. And all of your um, people who make movies, people who make TV shows, people who uh, book stand-up specials are all trying to figure out which outlet am I making it for, who am I selling it to, mm-hmm. what's the price going to be, how's that all going to shake out? Yeah. And it's all going to happen really fast. And Disney jumping in tomorrow is uh, is a part of a big deal. The article in the Wall Street Journal, the great streaming battle is here and no one is safe. Um, Disney surprised the media world with a low price for its Disney Plus streaming, which launches tomorrow at nearly half of Netflix's monthly plan. plan. Some half of the survey respondents they, they asked were likely to, to, to subscribe to Disney. So half the people they talked to said, oh, yeah, I'm going to sign up for Disney. Wow. Uh, the, the, the list of shows that they got is absolutely incredible. This is the part I wish I'd been smart enough that I saw coming. Um, as I have been saying now for a year plus that the reason we have Netflix is because we have kids and now it sucks. Netflix is a, was, is in an enviable position with a big head start, but it's in for some turbulence. Nearly one in three Netflix subscribers say they will cancel their service in the next three months. Yeah. 
half of parents with kids under 18 are going to cancel their Netflix subscription in the next three months. Boy, exactly in line with, with what you've been saying about children's programming But on why Netflix. didn't I short stock or buy this or something knowing that this was going to happen? Ladies and gentlemen, what you are about to hear is Jack whipping himself. This will take place for the next 45 to 90 seconds. You're probably still smarting from the time you tried to short text messaging. But the, Exactly. But the <laughs> fact that almost half of parents had the same experience as I had is... It sucks now. There's nothing my kids can watch that's not weird or crazy or whatever. We're getting rid of Netflix as soon as Disney shows up. Yeah, a lot of people are. It's going to be huge. Consumers will have to make a lot of choices as the new entrants join the fray. According to this study, Americans are willing to spend on average $44 a month on streaming video and subscribe to an average of 3.6 services. Hmm. Um... That seems like a lot. That's up roughly $14 from what most people pay now. So we're anticipating paying more. Although, uh, as I just mentioned, some of it's going to shift around as a whole bunch of people are planning on canceling their Netflix and cord cutting completely. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Amazon Prime Video, CBS All Access, ESPN Plus, among just some of the people that are either on board now or about to be on board in the next few months. It's going to take some uh, research to try and figure out what a person wants. Right. And as winners and losers emerge, there will be uh, combinations and mergers and, and, and packages, I'd imagine, offered. And then we'll all end up back on cable TV for $190 a month. You think? No. No. But there will be a moving and shaking and, and, and mergers and acquisitions. So there's almost got to be. Well, the thing that that's... Keeping it from just skyrocketing back to kind of the cable prices is one of the most amazing things that Netflix, and to a lesser extent, things like Spotify did, is that they eliminated the piracy of, of this this entertainment. It mm-hmm. became so cheap and so efficient. There's no point. There was no point for me to try to convince my Nana to go on the dark net to get the movies, right? No, no just use right. the Netflix thing. It's, it's seven bucks or whatever, right? Right. And so if they <laughs> get to a point where whatever that threshold is... Piracy is just going to come back, and you're going to have the friend who knows how to burn DVDs, and you're going to rather pay him five bucks for a thousand DVDs yes! than go through uh, back the, to physical media. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, I, I find that to be a really interesting kind of uh, competitor. I don't know what the thing is, but I think that's the biggest thing they need to worry about with the price wars amongst the streaming people. Mm-hmm. Here's what Disney is going to be offering you starting tomorrow, and we'll sign up on day one. Its library includes multiple Marvel films and shows. An original Star Wars series called The Mandalorian. I don't have any idea how good that is. That's why I'm going to be signing really, up day one for that. Well, I, I have no idea, but I can't wait to see it. All your Pixar films and shorts? Holy cow. My kids are going to be so excited when they see everything that's available to them right there. Documentaries from National Geographic. Disney animated classics throughout all the years will be there, obviously. Uh, it will also be the exclusive streaming home of all of The Simpsons, the TV's longest-running primetime scripted Wow. Show. The entire Simpsons thing I can order up. Avatar, Avengers Endgame will be available on the service, which are the two highest grossing films of all time. I mean, that's a good gets you in the door, but I mean, you can only watch those shows, those movies so many times. Right, and I imagine about that. they will be cranking out original programming in impressive uh, batches. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we mentioned that Star Wars uh, uh, stuff. You ever seen a book? You ought to read a book, Sean. They're pretty good. Star Wars, please. Um, I had another point I was going to make on this. What was it? Read Moby Dick. In. Maybe it'll pump back into my head. About a whale. A lot less space bounty hunters in that movie, in that story. 
It's, it's dead slow moving, too. Oh, boy. Oh, golly. Oh, boy. So far, and there's no reason to think this is going to stop, so far the whole Netflix thing, the whole streaming thing, has brought more great content than you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the the number of great stand-up specials that I've seen on Netflix that I wasn't getting before because they're paying the best people a lot of money to do it, and it's worth you know doing a good job. Um, and TV shows, movies, stuff like that. I, but there's got to be a limit, isn't there? Or is there no limit to uh, the number of great scripts, great actors, great storylines? Well, sure, and the free market will do a beautiful job of taking care of it. I, can you imagine if there were government bureaucrats in charge of how many of these streaming services they there could be, and how many stand-up specials are too many for it, America, it, and that sort of thing? It practically was that way before. It wasn't the government, but it was the big three networks, mm-hmm. and the gatekeepers yeah. were so tight. We now know how much talent was being ignored. Obviously, because you had a couple of good shows and a lot of crap and like four TV stars that rotated around to different shows. <laughs> right. And I mean, and it was that way for decades. And it turns out, no, there's all kinds of great ideas out there. They just never got it past that first level at NBC for some reason. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they will. It'll work itself out. There will be more and more shows, more and more services, spending more and more money on content, and they'll either make a profit or they won't. And they'll rein in or merge or whatever, and it'll be fine. God, it's going to get even more uh, unlikely that you ever run into anybody that likes your favorite show now. That there's the ten different streaming. Oh, you're not watching the the Blothingtons on CBS Prime? Oh, right. it's fantastic! I binged watch season three last night. I've never even heard of that. I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. See, the problem is in. I think a lot of us already sense this. If there are like 11 real players, I've got to subscribe to all 11 of them and figure out what's on what and and whether I want to keep going with each one. Or I mean, CBS Prime, that's a single network. And I'd imagine they're affiliated with other producers of content. It's not just the fine shows that are on the eyeball network. Um, but it just, it, it's a little cumbersome. Yeah, I think subscriptions. The single network ones, I think, have the the steepest hill to climb, as opposed to the Disney, which is bundled, the ESPN, and all the Fox stuff, right? Like right. The, the the ones that have a larger umbrella or tent of content, I, I think, are much better positioned. Oh, oh well, the the tip that I heard last week, and they mentioned it again in this article that I got to keep in my mind, and it's weird the way human beings are built, but at least I'm built this way. That um, you know, should I cancel it? Should I not? If you don't like it for a day, cancel it. It doesn't hurt anything. Then sign up again next Tuesday when you change your mind. It doesn't hurt anything. It doesn't cost you anything. That's a good point. Right. And we have, uh, for whatever reason, I've got in my mind that it's a big decision whether or not to drop Netflix and switch. Nah! Try it for a weekend. If you don't like it, go back on Monday. Who freaking cares? I think it's because of the cable news thing where you couldn't quit then sign up again and get the new incentives for the new customers. It must be. Two years at uh, $99.99 or whatever. Or they they take away your box and your satellite dish and all your stuff. You gotta and, mail it. No, it's a pain. <laughs> and then you gotta yeah. have the, you gotta make an appointment for two right. weeks from now to have them come back out and up on your roof. Now yeah. you can just I'll cancel Netflix this afternoon, miss it tonight, sign back up tomorrow. Right. <laughs> Hurts nothing. It'd take me like a minute to do it. Do I have to come up with a new password? <laughs> you probably don't it's even worth, have to do that. It's worth nine ninety nine a month not to do that. <laughs> that's fine. I bet you don't even have to do that. It's lethargy. So that's that's the real key to this whole thing. 
Use them and have them come and go as a timeout. No big deal. Yeah, I'm so grateful that the era of having to get on the phone and argue with somebody is over for that sort of thing. <laughs> I want to cancel my cable. So what can we do for you to make it better, sir? Nothing. I want to quit. What is it that specifically has left you unhappy, sir? And 45 minutes later, you're in a screaming match with this person. I, I dumped my cable system a while ago, not too long ago. It was probably a year, year and a half. I said, yeah, I want to cancel. They said, okay. We beat them down, everybody. We did it. We <laughs> beat them down. I don't blame you. I would, too. I don't too. blame you. What took you so long? <laughs> anyway, it's off. Thanks. Bye. Click. Anyway, sign up for Disney tomorrow and let me know how you like it. I'm going to be signing up. I know. Kids are going to love it. undermine a president is really a very dangerous thing and it goes against the constitution and it goes against what the american people want and it was was offensive nikki haley former ambassador to the u.n she's got a new book out i think she's positioning herself to either run in 2024 or if trump should end up leaving office jump into the fray against pence i guess that's a pretty popular opinion that she's on that track yep it just has that look <clears throat> yeah. of one of those kind of books. Anyway, she says old Tillerson, former Secretary of State, the Exxon guy. Old man Tillerson. And John Kelly, the general, the chief of staff, both came to her and said, uh, look, you got to work with us to save the country. She says they just didn't like some of Trump's positions on things. Mm-hmm. And that she was okay with his position on a number of things that they complained about. Well, and they were just Middle trying East. to pitch the idea that he was incompetent and dangerous. But well, right. She says they just didn't like the positions. Though. Right. That was the whole thing. Right. You just you don't you think he's incompetent because you don't agree with his foreign policy, etc. Which is some of what's been going on. A lot of the people through the whole impeachment thing. A lot of what people are complaining about is they just don't like his foreign policy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I had a conversation the other day that I just didn't have the energy to get into about how the uh, abandoning the Kurds was unprecedented, and it was just completely indefensible. And like I said, I wasn't in the mood, but that's just absolutely not true. I mean, it's an option. It's a complex place, and things are not the way they've been portrayed by the media. Speaking of which, on the way in this morning, I heard two stories that annoyed me profoundly. Annoyed profoundly. Oh, I just they the made Joe me want to story. turn. Yeah, that's a pretty good title. Um, they made me want to turn around and go home. <laughs> one was there were uh, a couple of Congress people, one a Democrat, one a Republican, who are trying to get a memorial going to uh, troops that have fought and struggled and perhaps been injured or died in the so-called war against terror. A, a, a term I don't like, but I know what they're talking about. And the anchorette and anchor on CNN were desperately trying to drag them into impeachment. They kept saying, well, while I approve some things the president did and don't approve other, what I'm here to talk about is blah, blah, blah. And I think on this Veterans Day, and at one point, the one guy said, listen, this is Veterans Day. Can we put this stuff aside for a few moments? And, of course, the phony, lying, greedhead scum on 
CNN, the corrupt news network, as people are starting to call it, said, that's an excellent point. I agree completely that on Veterans Day we all need to come together. And then they segued into story number two that annoyed me, and they tried to get these guys to comment on the Nikki Haley thing. And what bothered me about it was that you either were with Trump completely like a cultist, or you were a brave fighter of the of the resistance. And the idea of, listen, I work for the guy, he's the elected chief executive, but I disagree with him pretty strongly and I'm going to let him know. I mean, that sort of grown-ups dealing with complex problems, it was like it didn't even exist on Earth. They're just so desperate to cast it as conflict. You know, so Kelly... Was he opposing the president, or was he trying really hard as an advisor to get the president to do what he thought was right? Was he avoiding groupthink, which screwed up the whole Iraq thing terribly, or was he being insubordinate? These are not easy questions to answer. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we've got a possible John Bolton bombshell. What does the president's former advisor know about Ukraine? Ukraine? America's personal debt is soaring, so what's in your wallet? And a new twist in the ABC Jeffrey Epstein controversy. I think Bolton's mustache is the whistleblower. Could be. He'll be outed at some point. Okay. Marshall's News next. a full Armstrong and Getty show field trip on Friday where we all got on a plane and went somewhere and had kind of a, a little party-ish weekend anyway. So we get there, we land, we're at the hotel, we're all going to our rooms, then I text everybody, and we've been on the ground for what? Hour and a half at this about, point? Yeah, hour, hour and, and a half, that. something like that, yeah. I send out a text to everybody saying, I'm going down to the bar uh, to get some coffee, but I'll buy anybody a, dr- a drink who meets down there. And eventually everybody uh, files down there and everything like that, but I still haven't heard anything from Marshall. And everybody's texting Marshall, and we've texted Marshall about a variety of things, and nobody's heard anything, and eventually find out you're still in airplane mode <laughs> on your phone. Yes. He's, he's sitting at the <laughs> yeah. other end of this enormous hotel, like a quarter mile away. I go off looking for Marshall. There he is on a bench. But Marshall, you're not getting the text? And he said, oh, no, I'm in airplane mode. So there you go. <laughs> so on one hand, I admire the fact that you are not so tethered to your phone air, like air. the rest of us. Right, right. That everybody takes it off airplane mode the second the wheels touch the runway to see what crucial text happened while they were in the air. What important things did I miss during the one hour I was not online? On the other hand, at some point you got to take it out of airplane mode. Well, it was foolish of me to be texting. I should have uh, sent a telegram to the front desk. <laughs> had the little boy in the cap run out saying, Telegram for Mr. Marshall Phillips! Telegram for Mr. Marshall Phillips! Drinks at the hotel bar! Stop! What is this? Olden days? Uh, Let's get to the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, former National Security Advisor John Bolton claims to have critical information on Ukraine that he has not yet made public. Information, he says, of interest to those leading the impeachment inquiry into President Trump. We call this uh, promos in the business uh, promoting ahead. It's a commercial for yourself. 
Why is a witness at a congressional hearing doing promos? I see your mustache. What's going on? I see your mustache working. So he signed up. Don't miss my testimony before Congress. I'll reveal things about Ukraine you've never heard before. What is that? That bombshell hit on Friday while we were in the air, and the New York Times obtained the letter, because I often don't believe this stuff, so I read the actual letter, and, and his lawyer does say in there, Bolton was at meetings and has had conversations that have not been discussed yet. Yep. Well, that gets everybody's attention. So there's new stuff because the old stuff, everybody agrees, is not going to get Trump removed from office. I haven't seen any pundit on either side say unless something new comes out, right, Trump's okay. Nobody's saying, oh, this stuff will get 22 Republicans to switch. Nobody has said that. Right. But Bolton's lawyer saying he's been in meetings and had conversations right. that have not been discussed right. yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a meeting about, do you guys want Subway today? Or there's a great soup place. There's a meeting about, you know, we ought to change the station area. The, I think the picture of the White House is too big. I mean, meetings about what? Are they important? Are they impactful? Uh, so, like you said, who who promos they're, they're, they're showing up? Now, Bolton still says, unless... The courts say it's okay. Yes. He's not going to show up, right? Right. His, uh, Bolton's lawyer says he will not testify until a lawsuit is completed that was filed in October that asks the judge to rule on whether witnesses should abide by the testimony requests of lawmakers or White House directives not to testify. Right. And so there's different views of this. There's yeah. there, there's a, a crowd that says these people that aren't showing up are just Trump flax. There's also the crowd that says they they have a uh, actual belief in the power of the executive branch and and want to test the constitutional limits there. Right. Who who is more powerful in this situation? The executive branch saying no, it's privileged information don't show up or Congress saying you got to show up it's a subpoena. Well the courts are going to decide. Also Bolton I think wants to be seen as being brought in dragged kicking and screaming as opposed to willingly going to testify against the president, because he's got a future life he wants to have, right? Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to go up against your party that nakedly, because Trump is, you know, a Republican, more or less. So. Do you think he's got anything exciting to say, Bolton? Meetings and <sighs> phone calls that nobody else has heard yet? The one thing about Bolton is that he is rhetorically gifted, and he's willing to say really, really strong stuff. So, he might... He's a showman. Right, exactly. So he might have knowledge of things that have not come up yet that are impactful, or he might just be Adam Schiff's dream date, Right. in that he will describe things we've already kind of heard about, but in such dramatic and, and strong ways that sure. people's minds and hearts will be changed. A lot I kind of doubt it, but it's possible. A lot of these people get up there, and good for them, we're better off. A lot of these people get up there, and they got no entertainment chops. They got no right. broadcasting skills. Yeah, Bolton has both. Yeah. Right. You know, you've seen it in a dozen different movies, where there's an argument at a town hall or in Congress or whatever, and everybody's shouting back and forth, "Monorail, monorail," or whatever, you know. <laughs> and then the one person gets their seat and says, "You know, folks, I've been living in this town a long time, and there's one thing I've always known about Centerville: it's that." We help each other out. And they summon Orange, some incredibly moving speech. And, and then you get the slow <laughs> clap, and everybody changes their mind. So it's possible Bolton's got that sort of chops. I don't know what he wants to do. I know he's pissed off at Trump. He's got to be. At least some. 
Well, we'll find out together, I guess. Meanwhile, on top of all this, it's just been announced, Bolton has reportedly inked a $2 million book deal with Simon and Schuster. Hello. There you go. So is that the whole thing? Is it just all about the book deal? (laughs) Well, I asked, why is he doing promos? Well, I wish you'd gotten to that part first, Marshall. Would have saved me the trouble asking that. (laughs) I saw a number of pundits yesterday who agreed that, oh, he's got stuff you haven't heard yet, but it's not coming out in the hearing. It's coming out in the book. Oh, boy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, During an interview with Megyn Kelly... Ashley Bianco, the former ABC producer accused of leaking anchor Amy Robach's hot mic claims that the network quashed a Jeffrey Epstein stories denying she is the whistleblower. The producer was fired from a new job at CBS last week after her former bosses identified her wrongly, she insists, as the leaker. Wasn't me. I'm, you know, I'm not the whistleblower. I'm sorry to ABC, but the leaker's still inside. You know, it's not... I never did any of that. I may have accessed it, but I never, never leaked it. I never showed it to anyone. I didn't talk about the situation outside the company. Wow, so ABC is about to be portrayed as not only a defender of child rapists, or at least a quasher of stories, but also somebody who will just haphazardly and wildly have young women fired from their jobs across town for daring to let on that ABC goes easy on child rapists. Good luck, ABC. Yep. The the, uh, producer uh, admits she marked and copied Robach's fiery comments, but insisted she never removed the clip from the network's internal system. She insists she did not release that. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Come on, Squawky. Wow, come on, Bird. Squawky, you okay? Wow. Bird flu? Squawky. Squawky's got bird flu. He's looking a little down. Hang on, one more. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Close. A bald eagle, prematurely bald eagle, They're in the <laughs> yes. control room. Male pattern baldness. Right. Eh, what are you going to do? Yeah. It's not a character defect. It's genetics. And we keep a bald eagle chained in the control room to symbolize freedom. That's right. Barbaric. Beautiful thing. Yeah, you uh, leak to the media, you're a hero. You leak about the media, the media will fire you. <laughs> yes. One more thing on impeachment is the uh, the televised hearings are on start Wednesday, and yep. all the networks are going to take them and wall to wall, and we're going to have to figure out how much we want to cover. Putting uh, Representative Jordan, Jim Jordan, the the wrestling coach, right on the Intelligence Committee on Friday, is he up to speed on all this? I mean, he's been on about cable shows defending oh, Trump. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. Is he ready to go? I think he's good to go. Yeah. He's a smart guy. He's a bomb chucker and a bare knuckle boxer. He'll he's up there to score points. He is not going to be the calm, quiet, uh, Solomon like oh, no. uh, oh, no. oh, no. seeker after wisdom. No, he's he's there as the he's was it you or somebody I heard describing him as a goon in hockey. Mm. Oh, I think that, I was saying that off yeah, the air. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. If somebody uh, cross checks uh, one of our stars, I'm going to go in there and beat the hell out of them. <laughs> so at least that'll up the entertainment value. Yeah. Obscure diplomats droning on about you know I was somewhat troubled that there would be a shadow foreign policy. No, please entertain me. At there, least there's some people wondering if they've got a, if the Democrats have a problem in trying to recreate moments because. Um, some of this testimony has already happened, and then you got to try to drag the same testimony out of them again in the right. same way. All three of the stars this week for the live TV testimony testified last week or the previous mm-hmm. week, and transcripts exist and everything. They have all the facts. They just want to do it on TV this time. Well, the line for Mueller was leading up to that historical moment in which we went on the air an hour early that day and everything. <laughs> I mean, it was such a big deal. 
People didn't read the book, but they'll watch the movie. Well, mm. the movie uh, sucked, and that was the end of the whole Russian thing. That was the end of it. It ended that day. But what about obstruction, Jack? Obstruction of justice. Ten di- Nobody's even talking about that. Now they're talking about obstruction of Congress. We'll see. How do you obstruct Congress? Congress can't do anything. They can't get out of their own way. How do you how do you uh, obstruct an object that isn't moving? So Trump got cheered at the football game the other day on Saturday, the big Alabama Louisiana State game of the century game. Cheered like crazy, and then somebody stabbed the baby Trump balloon. Have you seen that? No. The baby Trump balloon is no more. It has been slayed. Oh boy. Uh, that and other stories on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. To each veteran of the war, the glory of your deeds will only grow greater with time. This city is graced by your presence. This nation is forever in your debt, and we thank you all. Uh, Donald Trump doing the stuff presidents uh, do, and I'm glad they do uh, for Veterans Day. Uh, Trump was at uh, Alabama-Louisiana State football game over the weekend, which is the biggest, they were calling it the game of the century, uh, biggest college football game perhaps of the year. And uh, he got introduced, and the crowd went wild with cheers. Uh, You're not hearing that a lot of places because him getting booed um, at the World Series game gets plenty of coverage, but him getting cheered... In front of a hundred thousand red staters, it uh, doesn't get the coverage. Nope. Anyway, the, somebody brought a baby Trump there. Is there? Is there? It says the baby Trump protest balloon, but there's more than one. There's got to be more than one. Yeah, yeah. There's one of those giant baby Trump. I know uh, for a while there was one, and they would tote it around the globe. Yeah, I don't know. It, it says here the um, baby Trump balloon. <clears throat> um, but uh, he just, is like a little baby. And it was nearby the game, but just before kickoff, a man slashed an eight foot hole in the balloon. <clears throat> It was a random dude just ran up to the balloon, stuck a knife in it, and ran off. There you go. Show you. Now, I'm assuming that was a pro-Trump maneuver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a pro-Trump maneuver, and uh, police say a 32-year-old man has been charged with criminal mischief. I mean, normally if somebody burns someone in effigy, it's not because they don't appreciate their being in effigy. It's an anti-that person thing, but clearly this was a Trump supporter. Kind of a funny-looking balloon. I'll grant it that. I'll get, you know, it looks like something out of The Simpsons. Yeah, and he um, he raised a, they raised a ton of money on a GoFundMe to help his whatever fine he's going to get. So he'll be okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm not worried about him. Balloon stabbings. What's the charge? Is that vandalism? So it's Veterans Day, and we just got this text, and I thought it was damn, damn interesting. Thank you for the Mike Lyons interview. We talked to our military strategist, Mike Lyons, who you've probably heard on the air over the years. Anytime there's a, you know, military anything in the in the world, we talk to him. And today we just talked to him about Veterans Day and, and service and all that sort of stuff. Now, there's a portion of this uh, text that uh, might uh, raise your hackles. Wait till the end before you get all worked up. Okay. Uh, your audience is broad enough that surely some of the listeners feel as I used to. That military service is the bastion of last resort for youth with no other options. I know for a fact that that is a common belief for a lot of people. Militaries where dumb kids go who can't do anything else. My two kids were raised in the snootiest, bluest of the blue, an exclusive Silicon Valley suburb, with many post-high school options, including scholarship four-year university for both of them, and they chose instead to enlist instead of ROTC officer track, 
They just enlisted in the Marines. Despite our deep misgivings about opportunity cost and the service in general, until our ignorance was dispelled by our first child's experience. We are thrilled with their maturation. The condensed adulthood 101 education that yanked them out of their bubble taught them true diversity, social, geographic, financial, political, you name it, and imbued them with an appreciation for structure, meritorious reward, and myriad other solid values that will serve them well when they leave the service. Thank you very much for using your platform to support and endorse military service. You're welcome. That. Thank you for your note. Is really good to hear. I think that person should write more. That's that was really well said. Yeah, and like I said, I, I've I've known many people who feel like military is uh, is where you go if you're a stupid kid and can't do anything else. That is so not true. You just you don't know enough people in the military. You live in an area of the country where people don't join the military. Right. In in my high school, some of the smartest, most talented people in the whole school went into the military, and I know that's the case for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I... The military is a lot of different things to a lot of different people. A lot of you know, there are a lot of different reasons to enlist, and some are people who aren't quite sure what to do with their lives, and they know they can get a gig there, so they get a gig there. But it gets back to we don't know our military as a country. A lot, a lot of people don't. To 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 have that opinion and to spout it generally with contempt, is so wildly ignorant. I can can hardly even work up being annoyed at those people because it's just so stupid. If only there were a way, and, you know, this goes to the health of a society, and that's a complicated topic, but the more you're exposed to something, the better you know it, obviously. The more it's in your community, the less likely you are to be an idiot or a jerk about it. And we've just somehow got to figure out, without a draft, which is unlikely to happen, how do we remind Americans that you must be invested in those things that keep us safe and keep us free? The idea that, you know, well, there's cops and firefighters, but who cares? I mean, it's... I just, I don't get people. I guess we're all wrapped up in our own lives and our technology and that sort of thing. But to go through life with no appreciation of the things that make your life even possible, I just don't get that level of stupid. Maybe it's not stupid. It's it's being preoccupied. Entertained to death. Um, I personally know a lot of people, and I almost joined myself um, uh, for this reason, who want to like see what their limits are physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, not because they're dead enders with no other option. But anyway, um, I really like the part of that email that said, taught them true diversity, social, geographic, financial, political, you name it. I've heard that from a lot of people that have served in the military. And you, you are going to get real diversity as opposed to campus university. As the president of Harvard said, I look around and all I see is white, white rich kids. Um, um, true diversity you'll get in the military, which gets to this that's in the dispatch today. Uh, a new media newsletter that's out there if you want to check it out, talking about how the halls of Congress from 67 to 75, according to a a Pew Research Center analysis, 70% of both the Senate and House uh, had prior military experience. 70%. This is 1967 to 1975? Between 65 and 75. 70% of the people serving in Congress had military experience. Now it's down to uh, 20%. Mm-hmm. 
And they tie the respect we have to Congress to those numbers. Um, the percentage of people that have respect for con- Congress has dropped in those numbers. And I thought, well, maybe that's true, maybe it's not, I don't know. But then, then this. Former Senators Richard Luger and Tom Daschle argued in 2017... It's no coincidence that the current dysfunction in Congress comes as the number of lawmakers with military experience is at historic low. The pair, both veterans themselves, wrote that military service tends to broaden an individual's worldview and that veterans are more likely to have witnessed the importance of alliances, the value of U.S. leadership, and the key role that foreign relations play in an economy. You can't argue against that. I'm sure that is absolutely true. Yeah. The yeah. life experience you've had, the true diversity you've been immersed in, as uh-huh. that texter said, yeah. would of course would inform your decisions. Yeah. Well, I know I've met a lot of people who are either uh, working to become a politician or have achieved it at this point in their life and in my life and the rest of it. The The folks who wanted to be a politician from an early day, and they are almost to a person, not to a person, but close to it, uh, repugnant, and I don't like them, and I don't want them ever to come near me. Repugnant. As opposed, I mean, the, the the sexy political pro era that we're in right now, I don't like it. Uh, it, it you, it A bunch of lawyers that went to the same college? Yeah, yeah, who have been, you know, they're the young whatever club on campus, and they, they, they've just been working toward it their whole lives. They're professional politicians. As opposed to, you know, community leaders who we elevate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 